Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. First of all, let me say thank you for being here this morning. I know Memorial Day is uh, the first real holiday weekend of the warm weather, plus it's raining, so I get that. A lot of folks just tend to stay in on these types of mornings, so thank you for being here. And if you are tuning in online, thank you so much for joining us that way as well. So last week, Shane did a really good job... uh, one, just filling in and preaching and, and taking the bull by the horns. But in the text, looking at the exchange between two generations. And it's kind of been a theme, and, and we talked about this Wednesday night. We, we've, we've hit this theme a few times throughout the, the Bible this year, like with Moses and Joshua, for example, now with David and Solomon. And, and it's, it's such a, a, an important thing to just kind of reiterate And so this morning, as King David approached the end of his life on earth, he gave his son Solomon some parting words of wisdom and advice. And that's what Shane really dug into last week. And it was David's hope as a father and also as the king, I think, that Solomon would take what he had done and build upon all of his work, on his labor, on the sacrifices that he had made. I mean, David had waged wars, and his hope was that Solomon would just take this and carry on. And in many ways, Solomon would go ahead and he would do that. For example, he would build the, the temple that his father David was not able to build, and he would reign in just incredible majesty throughout his Kingship. I mean, these were the glory days of Israel during Solomon's reign. And then you think about his boundless wisdom in which he judged the people and judged different situations. Just so, so incredible, such a fascinating man. And much of his wisdom is captured uh, in the book of Proverbs, we're going to be this morning in chapter 6. And the book of Proverbs is a collection of wisdom literature, mostly written, we believe, by Solomon. And when you read through it, it sounds like Solomon is doing kind of like David did. And he's trying to leave some of that wisdom to his own children, especially his son Solomon, in the hopes that they wouldn't act too foolishly. Solomon references the fool many times throughout this book. And unfortunately, even Solomon himself would play the part of a fool on occasion. Ultimately, after Solomon, I'm going to give you a little preview Ultimately, after King Solomon, the nation of Israel would then be divided between two different nations, north and south. Basically, things fell apart after King Solomon. But while he's still doing good, my question is, what kind of wisdom does he leave to the next generation? We're going to find that, if you want to turn there to Proverbs chapter 6. We're going to read verses 1 through 15 together. Solomon says, My son... If you have put up security for your neighbor or entered into an agreement with a stranger, you have been snared by the words of your mouth, trapped by the words from your mouth. Do this then, my son, and free yourself, for you have put yourself in your neighbor's power. Go, humble yourself, 
and plead with your neighbor. Don't give sleep to your eyes or slumber to your eyelids. Escape like a gazelle from a hunter, like a bird from a hunter's trap. Go to the ant, you slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Without leader, administrator, or ruler, it prepares its provisions in summer. It gathers its food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? That should be somebody's life verse right there. When will you get up from your sleep? I have a teenager that's getting ready to leave my house. Y'all pray for Linnea. She's getting ready to go back home to Norway. And boy, did I learn that 17-year-olds like to sleep in. Anyway, verse 10. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber, your need like a bandit. Verse 12 says, A worthless person, a wicked man goes around speaking dishonestly, winking his eyes, signaling with his feet, and gesturing with his fingers. He always plots evil with perversity in his heart. He stirs up trouble. Therefore, calamity will strike him suddenly. He will be shattered instantly beyond recovery. Now, we're going to stop right there this morning. On this Memorial Day weekend, as we consider Solomon's wisdom to the generations, I want us to consider personally for us, I want us to consider really what the previous generations have achieved for us. I mean, thinking back, what the previous generations have accomplished and what they've built that we now must take and build upon. This was David's hope, again, that Solomon and Solomon's heirs would build upon this united kingdom that David had been able to achieve and bring together and establish, and that Solomon, again, would build the temple for the Lord that he couldn't build, that he wasn't able to do because God prevented him from doing that. And for us, I'd like to consider our own history this morning. It's important, right, not just to talk about our, 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 the Word of God, but we've got to think about our history, where we've come from. And in light of this context, the context of this passage, think about this this morning. What does it truly mean to honor their sacrifice? Not just our soldiers and our service members, but the sacrifice made by those in our Christian heritage, even in our church, that have gone on before us. Because we owe so much to those generations that have gone ahead of us. To the, think about the generation of the founding fathers who just stood up and tackled and defeated the greatest empire in the world at that time and to secure our freedom in the new nation. Think about the tremendous debt that we owe to all of those who have paid the ultimate price for liberty in every generation after the founding fathers from the trenches, trenches of Europe and the jungles of Vietnam and the deserts of the Middle East and countless battlefields all over this world. And then today, as we watch our nation go the direction that it's going, my prayer and my hope is that all of those sacrifices just will not be done in vain. That somehow we'll find a path of correction and we'll have a nation that's worthy of their sacrifice. And for us in First Baptist Church, that we'll have a church it's worthy of the sacrifice of those over the past 200 years. More than that, though, I'd be remiss if I bring this point into this. I pray you'll consider the price that Christ paid for your sins. And the freedom you have from sin. And you'll live a life that is worthy of the gospel. 
today. Worthy of his sacrifice on the cross that we sang about this morning. So, what does Solomon teach us about all this? Well, the first is this. It's kind of the bedrock of our message this morning. You're responsible for yourself. Not a single amen on that one. Didn't really expect one, to be honest with you. It's interesting that Solomon begins this passage of wisdom giving some sound financial advice. I mean, really, he's talking about a, uh, the, giving a lesson about co-signing along, long, alone long before co-signing was really a thing, right? And he, he tells us, if you do this, if you put security up for somebody else, then now you're the one that's on the hook for their debt and their irresponsibility if they go that way. You're trapped in this arrangement and responsible for them because they were either unwilling or unable to be responsible for themselves. Now, what's the point of that for us this morning? The point is that we tend to value personal freedom, right? We do. We value personal liberty probably more now than ever. It's all about me and my personal freedom, my liberties. And many great people have literally given their very lives so that we can have these personal liberties. But with those personal liberties comes personal responsibility. Now that's something we don't talk about nearly as much as the liberties, right? And unfortunately, as a society, we've drifted away from this idea of responsibility. And in doing so, folks, we're creating a society that wants and now believes that everybody else is responsible for you. This is not going to be a very popular part of this sermon, okay? But not only are we responsible for each other, or is somebody responsible for you... We also tend to believe that when we make mistakes or when we fail, either in business or a moral matter or whatever the case may be, the fault is always whose? Somebody else's. It's never my fault anymore. I'm not responsible for that. It's somebody else's fault or it's a fault of this system that we've created that we now live in or it's the fault of some circumstance that I have no control over. It's certainly not me. But what does the Bible teach? The Bible teaches personal responsibility, that people are responsible for themselves and for their own actions and even for their own future, which we'll talk about here in a moment. And I wish that I could tell every young person getting to go out, getting ready to go out into the real world, that the world and the future and all this stuff that we, we preach about at graduation, yep, it's yours for the taking, right? But you got to take it. It is your responsibility, your success, your failures. It's, it's all on you. And I know that sounds like a burden, but when you realize it's your responsibility, it's also very freeing. Because now it's not just about your circumstances or people in your life. It's, it's you. It's on you. Your choices have consequences. And as we've talked about before, yes, you can't control everything that happens to you or that's done to you, but you can control how you respond to those situations. And you can control your, your getting back up and putting your boots back on and, and getting back in the fight. Even your salvation, having a relationship with God, comes down to a personal choice, doesn't it? It's not something that I can make for you. It's not something I can do for you. A priest can't do this for you. Your mom and dad and grandparents can't do this for you. You have to make that choice on your own and take the personal responsibility 
to choose or reject Christ. It's all about your personal responsibility. There was a little boy staying with his grandparents. They were babysitting him, and grandmother gave him a, a banana for a snack. And she told him, said, listen, when you're done, make sure you take your banana peel and throw it away. Be a good boy. And she goes off and does some chores. And he goes about his business, eats his banana. And she comes back through a little while later. And laying there on the floor is, guess what? The banana peel. So she asks and says, son, is, is that your banana peel laying there? so, like I've thought before, she thought she'd have a teachable moment, right? Tends to backfire on me, if you remember some of these stories. But anyway, she thinks she'll have a teachable She says, son, you know you're not supposed to lie. It's, it's a sin to lie. So I'll just ask you again, is this banana peel yours? He's like, no, it's not mine. So she's like, well, let me try a different approach. Son, you know. You know that God is watching, that God knows everything, that even if you do lie, God knows the truth. So, is this your banana peel? He says, I don't know, maybe you should go ask God. And so, it kind of backfired on her like it does for me quite often. But my point is, even when you mess up, even when you make a mistake, own it. Move on, take responsibility for it, for the consequences, and keep pressing forward. Now, with that in mind, because all the rest of these truths kind of build on that fact that you're responsible for yourself, and, and I, we could spend a lot of time talking more about being responsible for yourself, but with that in mind, the second wisdom from Solomon is this. Since you are responsible for yourself, you go and secure your freedom. A lot of things in life you can't count on somebody else to do for you. Right? Like salvation that I mentioned. There are a lot of things somebody won't do for you or can't do for you. And that's just the facts of life. And so that's why Solomon tells his son here in verse 3. He says, son, free yourself. Free yourself. If you got yourself into this situation, you're responsible for getting yourself out of this situation. Now, that may mean you need some help, right? And thank God that we have brothers and sisters in Christ who should come alongside of us and help us, but still the responsibility to put forth the initiative and put forth the effort falls back on you. And so I absolutely love the analogy Solomon uses here. Do you know King Solomon is, is kind of famous for his knowledge of the sciences and the animal kingdom? And when you read through his his, uh, his writings, you'll, you'll see that he refers back to simple little things like animals. And he tells his son, he says, free yourself or escape, depending on the translation, like a gazelle from a hunter or a gazelle from the hand of a hunter. And, and apparently, if you watch Discovery Channel, apparently lions love to eat gazelles, right? So I thought about this. That means every day in Africa, the, the gazelle wakes up and gets out of bed and goes about his day knowing that I, if I'm going to survive today, I'm probably going to have to run for my life from this line or from something that's trying to eat me. Now, the gazelles are pretty fast, but the lions are smart. 
And so the lion, knowing that he can't always outrun the gazelle, will often ambush the gazelle in the hopes that he can uh, catch it and, and not be outran. But the gazelle, if he's going to survive, he has to run, run, run as hard and as fast as he can. Otherwise, he's going to be dinner, right? And so Solomon picks up on this, and he's teaching future generations that whatever situation you may find yourself in, you need to free yourself from that situation with gazelle-like intensity. You need to run from that thing like your life depends on it. Whether, you know, Dave Ramsey uses this when he talks about getting out of debt and running from your debt with gazelle-like intensity. But whether it's debt or it's addiction or if some other situation, you need to get yourself free as fast as you can. Can run like a gazelle running from a hunter because you, your life may just depend on it. Again, your freedom is your responsibility. And maybe this morning, maybe it's time for you to get away from some of these things that have been holding you captive. Some of these things that have been hunting you down or keeping you burdened. You need to, to use modern vernacular, drop it like it's hot and run. Okay? Your freedom in Christ depends on this. And likewise, in light of this particular holiday, I think we need to be reminded that every single generation of people is also responsible not just for that personal freedom and that that liberty, that sanctifying liberty in Christ, but folks, we're responsible for our collective freedom as a people as well. In every single generation, it is a constant strain and a constant fight for the freedom that we have just to simply gather here this morning and worship our God the way that we want to worship Him. It's why President Reagan said, Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. He says, We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. No, it must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same in every single generation. So secure your freedom. Then Solomon teaches us this. This is good. Secure your future. Once again, Solomon goes back to the animal kingdom. And he he says, observe the ways of, of all, you know, the ant of all things. Observe the ways of the ant. And essentially he says, notice how the ant makes provision in good times for when times are going to be lean. And I just, I read this and I studied this and I just, I would like to know how in the world did Solomon study the ants? Did he he read about ants? Did he he study ants in his traveling? Or I kind of tend to think this, did King Solomon literally find an ant colony and get down on all fours and learn these lessons from God's creation? And apply that wisdom. But here's the point. Is we have to always be mindful of the future. Right? Yeah, the past is important. And Lord knows, my goodness, that our society needs to learn again how to value the past. Instead of trying to act like it didn't happen and just cancel it. We need to remember our past. But we also have to consider our future. And then prepare for that future. And like the ant, Solomon tells us we can't be slothful in regards to our future. Again, nobody's going to do these things for you. If you don't make strides towards your own future, then you're essentially not going to have very much of a future. And so the the ant basically prepares in summer so it can survive through the winter and then continue the cycle over and over again. And Solomon says it does this without anybody telling it to. Dr. John Phillips says what the ant does by blind instinct, we ought to do as a matter of common sense. 
which is not so common anymore, is it? So what does this look like for us? Well, on the one hand, it means you have to work and prepare and you have to put back and be responsible for yourself, be responsible for your own future, whether that means getting yourself educated or getting some experience and supporting yourself. How many preachers are going to tell you to do that today? Folks, I'll just be honest. I love helping people. I do. And our church loves helping people. But I'm going to be very honest. It's not Pastor Tyler's job to put you up and support you. You got to take some, some, some responsibility for yourself. And so that's one side of this. The other side is that we need to consider our future probably best by looking back towards our past, remembering our past. You see, one of the greatest ways that I think we today can pay forward what's been provided to us, what's been given to us and and secured for us by those who have gone before us is to live a life that's worthy of their sacrifice instead of squandering their sacrifice. And so when I think about those in our, our country, you know, very few families will ever know what it's like to lose their service member. A lot will know what it's like to serve and the sacrifices that come with that and the being away and the long hours and the stress of moving and deploying. But very few people in our country will know what it's like to lose somebody. And I've watched men die whose families thought they were coming home. And we can't even grasp that pain, most of us. And so when I think about their sacrifice, I think about the price that they've paid, and I think we need to, to, to consider the 1.3 plus million Americans who have paid that price for freedom's sake, and just think how tragic it would be for us if we just squandered that by incrementally and just willingly giving up a little freedom here and a little freedom there until one day we have no freedom whatsoever. And just say, well, their, their sacrifice wasn't worth it. Transition that thought to the church. Folks, First Baptist Church has been blessed. And we have had some great godly men and women who have sacrificed so we can have what we have today. And we can have the ministries that we have and do the things that we do. have just poured into this church. And while, yeah, we will never ever forget what they've done, I think also it would be a disservice to them if we stopped what we're doing and we didn't build up on their labors and build up on their prayers and build up on their sacrifices and lead our church to be even greater than it's ever been. Because the future is pretty bright. And there's a lot of potential for our church here in Barberville, Kentucky. But we, again, we have to be the ones that secure that. So lastly, secure our freedom, secure our future. If you've tuned me out so far, tune back in. Secure your fate. Our individual futures, I'm talking about individual people now. Our individual futures all lead to one of two fateful places, right? Heaven or hell. 
Solomon concludes the passage we're in this morning talking about the worthless and wicked person. And he talks about how such a person, even in this life, will face calamity. How it's just going to fall apart. And as he says, it will be shattered beyond recovery. And so being responsible for yourself, you need to consider your actions. The way that you're, you're living, either as a, even as a non-Christian. You need to think about what you're doing. And not only uh, do we need to be motivated to live in a way that honors the sacrifices of our countrymen and the sacrifices of our churchmen, but we need to learn how to live in a way that honors the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible would say we need to live a life worthy of this calling, worthy of the gospel of Christ and the sacrifice he made. Paul says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you, he's talking to the church, I urge you, I plead with you, walk worthy of the calling that you've received, because not only will calamity come to those who are, are wicked and worthless in this life, but folks, there's a much greater calamity coming to those who reject Christ altogether. That is a fate that you do not want to face. To spend an eternity, I mean, think about this, really, right? Take a moment and think about what, what that means to spend an eternity in hell. To spend the rest of eternity in a place where there is no hope where there is no freedom, where there is no peace, where there is no light, there is no love. It's just torment for the rest of eternity. But Christ has given us, through His sacrifice on the cross, the way out of all that so we can have true liberty, so we can have a peace that surpasses all understanding, so we can have a hope that endures forever and eternal life with Him. And folks, I think as a saved people... We need to, once again, learn how to memorialize that old rugged cross that we sang about this morning. And live a life worthy of that cross. Paul puts it this way. He says, walk worthy of the Lord. He was given for you. So walk worthy of Him. And this is what it means. Be fully pleasing to Him. Bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might. So that you may have great endurance and patience. Joyfully giving thanks to the Father who's enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son that He loves. In Him, we have redemption in the forgiveness of sins. And so my point is, honor the sacrifice of Christ in your life. The way that you get up tomorrow morning on Monday morning, live a life that's worthy of the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross for you. Worthy of the gospel. So let me ask you this this morning. In conclusion, are you doing that? I mean, really? Are you living a life worthy of the sacrifice that Christ made? Let me put it in, in, in terms we can understand. Were you worth saving? Was it worth it for Jesus to die for you? And to suffer for you. 
And if not, live a life that the best that you can is worthy of that sacrifice. And if you're here this morning and you're not saved, the Bible says if you'll place your faith in Him and His sacrifice on the cross for you, you can be saved too. Let's stand together as we pray. Heavenly Father, God, how humbling it is to think about one, the the many sacrifices that have been made for us to even be here freely to worship you this morning. God, it brings me to tears thinking about those brave men and women who put it all on the line. But how much greater, Father, was the sacrifice of your own Son that we could be saved from our sin. Not just saved from tyranny, not just saved from uh, things of this world, but saved from ourselves and from our sinful nature. Lord, it's my prayer that we as Christians would see the magnitude of Jesus' sacrifice. And that we would strive every single day to live worthy of His cross. And God, if there's someone listening or there's someone here this morning that's never been saved, save them today. God, if there's someone here this morning that needs to follow through in in baptism, someone that needs to join the church, Whatever that next step looks like, God, I pray that they would have the faith to take that that step today. God, we thank you so much for what you've given us. May we never squander it. May we never take it for granted. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if there's a decision you need to make, or if you'd just like to come and pray, why don't you come as we sing this song of invitation? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.